Happy Friday. I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is important, not important, science for people who give a shit, like you. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter every Friday, plus my conversations with the world's smartest people on most Mondays. You can find the email version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter, and the link is also in your show notes. A quick PSA. Any is 100% independent and mostly reader-supported. The newsletter is free to all, but to pay it forward and support our work, get weekly deep-dive essays from me and guests, to connect with other listeners like you, and get an invitation to our community and the delightful comment section, please consider becoming a paid member. Visit importantnotimportant.com slash membership to become a member today. It's Friday, August 12th, 2022. Here's the week summarized. Ira's here and ready to fund the future. Who's Ira? Let's find out. It's back to school and the air is still not clean inside those classrooms. Our relationship with water is changing everywhere. Monkeypox folks are helping each other because no one else is helping them. And Facebook's liable for a whole lot of data. In climate change news, here's the news. Barring a legislative disaster today, the U.S. House of Representatives will pass the Imperfect Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA. President Joe Biden will then sign it, probably in aviators, and the United States will finally, in earnest, enter the climate fight. And that's when the hard but wildly rewarding work begins. Across the world, headlines about the Arctic, heat, storms, floods, and even infectious disease are nudging us to get our shit in gear. And the good news is we increasingly are. South Korea will ban deadly, flooded, parasite-like basement apartments. Australia Australia is going to cut emissions soon. East Africa faces a future of famine, and we got to send a hell of a lot more money their way. The melting apps are literally rewriting borders. Spain turned on a massive solar plant the same week it started rationing air conditioning. And Germany might keep those nuclear plants online after all. Mexico's running out of water, and it's 31 goddamn degrees hotter in East Harlem than in Central Park West. So, if and when passed. When will Ira, again, we're calling it Ira now, okay? When will Ira be expected to start to help? When we're expected to start to cut those 4 billion tons of emissions? Well, in some places, right away. In others, 2023 and 2024, if we make it that far. And that's not all, because the bill, which is mostly industrial policy dressed up in disguise, which is great, it addresses mitigation, adaptation, and disaster relief, like the $4 billion for drought relief headed out west, courtesy of Kirsten Cinema. Wow. So look, I have been super duper clear that there were always going to be compromises with a 50-50 Senate, one of whom is a villainous coal baron. Now, at the turn of the tide, those compromises look like pipelines nobody wants and revived fossil fuel leases in protected lands and waters. Half of my job is to illustrate how many things can be true at once. And in this case, this bill is the biggest effort we've ever made to both slow the crisis long-term and help people right now. It doesn't go anywhere near far enough, and yet it's also the most we could possibly get right now. It will create millions of new jobs, but mostly for men. It's got 10 years of uncapped EV credits, finally, but those credits increasingly require an EV battery supply chain that doesn't exist 
yet. Of course, that future supply chain could rewrite mineral resource geopolitics. It's got tens of billions of dollars for environmental justice, but all those new pipelines and leases will mean millions of marginalized black, brown, and indigenous people will continue to suffer because of the compromises. If this is all that we do, and that's the key, this is just another piece of the puzzle. It's just the starting block. We need this bill to pass today. But once it does, have no doubt the coming years will require we fight on every front for a radically cleaner, more equitable world. Here's what we can do. Check out our friends at Rewiring America's brief on the IRA's provisions for marginalized communities, and then let's get to work. In COVID news, Back-to-school time usually means throwback trapper keepers, but now it also means rekindled debates about COVID vaccine mandates and masks, with a little discussion of how we really level the playing field. Ventilation. While a new preprint indicates that Massachusetts schools that lifted mask mandates brought on 45% more cases than schools that didn't, mask policy is a whole thing, and I don't really feel like doing it today. You probably want to know why schools have only used, as of May, just 7% of the $122 billion in free federal cash to clean the air inside classrooms and hallways, air that acts as a conduit for viruses to travel so uninhibited among us. And the answer, of course, mostly comes back to our public schools being completely neglected before the pandemic even hit. The buildings are so old, their HVAC systems so antiquated, if not just a bunch of radiators— Making wholesale changes could be super disruptive and take forever. But, and I'm going to stop you here, I will remind everyone we are in the third year of a global pandemic. There is practically no time like the present to just do the damn work. Sure, open all the windows you can and kick out new ones if you have to. Add air purifiers, add MERV filters. But for a limited time, the money's there to overhaul the whole system and cool increasingly hot classrooms along the way. We just have to decide to do it. Here's what we can do. Check out Wirecutter's best air purifiers for your kids' classrooms, and then point your teachers, principals, school board, and city council towards the White House's toolkit for air cleaning. In food and water news, so just to recap here, if you're new, our relationship with water is changing and quickly, and it's on us to adapt and build a more equitable and reliable future. Again, if you're new, this is something you really, really want to keep an eye on. For example, European rivers are getting warmer, threatening the ability to cool nuclear power stations, and they're drying up, threatening $80 billion in trade. The U.S. West faces a future without snow, and California is scrambling to build storage for stormwater, water recycling, and desalinization. India is building water pipelines, but women are still marching miles for water— New York is still building in places Hurricane Sandy flooded and future storms will flood again. Investors are piling up claims to Colorado farm water. Metropolitan areas are increasingly dealing with freshwater salinization syndrome. Forever chemicals have made rainwater unsafe to drink everywhere. Look, it's a lot, but there's good news. We've got the tools to deal with a lot of it. Regulating forever chemicals and single-use plastics, reducing the demand for meat, reducing agricultural water use, building climate resiliency hubs, more on that in a second, stopping new emissions, recycling wastewater, giving climate reparations to the global south, and repairing leaky pipes at home. All these things can go a long way towards a more sustainable water future. 
Here's what we can do. Check out the Communities Responding to Extreme Weather Program to understand what climate resiliency hubs are and how you can implement them in your hometown. In health and bio news, with monkeypox vaccines in very short supply, the Biden administration has decided to spread out the juice and administer shots with one-fifth as much vaccine per shot and into the skin instead of the fat. This risky move requires the Health and Human Services group to approve an FDA emergency declaration, which has become the equivalent of a middle school bathroom pass, reluctantly issued and easily abused, but everybody needs one all of the time. Having finally issued a public emergency declaration and distributed 600,000 doses, which they still need about three times as many, the administration is really scrambling here. They're relying on just one clinical study for this gamble, but frankly, they're out of shots and out of options. They fuck this up like it's March 2020, but to be clear, overall, this isn't COVID. For example, you can't just, yet, swab your nostril for monkeypox and call it a day. A trained pro has to swab your active sores, which one, sucks, and two, is pretty limiting on the testing front. But once again, either way, we're doing this live, despite a 50-year head start with this one. So the people most likely to get it right now, which are men who have sex with men and some smaller percentage of non-binary and trans folks, they're turned to each other for support, like they did once with HIV and AIDS and COVID, utilizing Google Docs and weekly community forums. From Stat News, quote, because we oftentimes are not prioritized for our health by government organizations, we have to take charge for ourselves, said Kyle Plank, a PhD candidate in pharmacology at Cornell studying infectious diseases. Plank was sick with monkeypox earlier this summer, and so, according to his Twitter bio, has become an unintentional monkeypox microinfluencer. I'm sorry. Here's what we can do. It's safe to say we can do a hell of a lot better than this. If you know someone that's been exposed, check out the links in the show notes and share the A Patient's Guide to T-Pox Access, Monkeypox Vaccination Access Project, and So You Got Monkeypox resources with them. In beep boot news, look, about the last few months, the nearly complete lack of data privacy I've been writing about for two years in the United States is coming home to roost. Where once... Maybe you didn't notice or care if companies hoovered up all of your data, sometimes even preferred they do, so your digital assistant could be marginally more helpful at ordering groceries, driving these companies to reach for more, 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 and storing it for longer and longer. Now, all those data can increasingly be used against you. Vice reported on a bombshell new abortion controversy involving Facebook, and you should really read Casey Newton's analysis here, because there's a whole lot of nuance I don't have room to include in this more brief version of Important Not Important. You're welcome. But briefly, a 17-year-old girl and her mom were charged with a series of felonies and misdemeanors after an apparent medication abortion at home in Nebraska. The state's case relies on evidence from the teenager's private Facebook messages, obtained directly from Facebook by court order, and it happened before Roe was overturned. This is going exactly the way privacy advocates, so people with souls, predicted it would for users. And at the same time, Facebook's in it now, having pursued and hoarded the data on almost 2 billion people for almost two decades. You got to be careful what you wish for here if you're one of these companies. So there are frantic debates happening inside these companies over how they can possibly divest themselves from your precious data as fast as possible before everything comes down around them. Here's what we can do. Look, we need more robust regulations on the federal level. So the FTC is seeking public comments on commercial surveillance and data security, and you can chime in at the link in the newsletter. 
Finally, here's 10 things from my notebook. 100 years after losing rights to the Colorado River, tribes get them back and just in time. France has 40,000 EV mail trucks. Germany, 20,000. America, 12. Everything happening with Europe's historic drought is in a tweet thread you can find. If you want to buy an EV in America, maybe literally do it today before the new law kicks in. New York lawmakers want to know why menstrual access sucks for low-income students of color. A bioengineered cornea can improve people's eyesight, but can it shoot lasers? I don't know. How Vermont keeps customers cool during heat waves rhymes with batteries. And how to responsibly donate old clothes. The environmental impacts of 57,000 different food products ranked. Hawaii just received its very last shipment of coal, and I gotta tell you, that is fucking cool. That is the news for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's news and tips straight to your feed. To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter or just become a member. Thank you for becoming a part of our community and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend. 